Hello, hello, you're listening, you are listening to, to SRM Student Radio Master on 107.5 FM. Do you like it?
evening and thanks for tuning in. This is Student Radio Maastricht on RT 107.5 FM. My name is Sham doing the tech today and really delighted that you tuned in because in the studio today we have students from the uh, Free Palestine Maastricht movement organization. Can you please introduce mm-hmm. yourself, maybe tell our audience about where you're from, what do you study and how are you involved in this uh, organization? Thank, thank you, Sham, for introducing us, um, and thank you for tuning in. Um, this is Numi, Olga, Anna, and Clara on behalf of Free Palestine Maastricht. Um, we're a grassroots student-led organization um, that does different um, events on Palestine, cultural events. We do sit-ins, protests, academic panels. And our goal is to raise awareness about the Palestinian cause, stand in solidarity with the Palestinian people, and uh, provide support and grow a movement in Maastricht and Europe in general that um, works for the liberation of the Palestinian people. And uh, today we're going to be talking about our upcoming events. Um, We're going to debunk as well some myths uh, surrounding Palestine and talk about the necessity in the future of uh, boycotting Israel in Europe. And I'm gonna hand over the mic to Olga to explain yeah. Palestine <laughs> Solidarity Week. So yeah, so we have this month in May, we will have uh, many events uh, relating to Palestine Solidarity Week, but we basic- basically took the whole month to, <laughs> uh, to do that. So. The Palestinian Solidarity Week is organized around uh, May 15, which uh, commemorates 70 years of uh, the Nagba, so catastrophe in Arabic. And it refers to the mass displa- displacement and destruction of Palestinian homes through armed Zionist forces in 1948. And so... Uh, for this week, well, this month, we're having a first event on uh, this Friday, this Friday nine, n- uh, night at 9 p.m. at LBB, uh, where the DJ Disco Arabesco is coming. And so basically it's a fundraiser party uh, So um, where we... I uh, got a fundraiser for an organization in Lebanon, actually. Numi, can you um, talk about it? Yeah, of course. So basically, um, DJ Arabesco, he's really famous in the Netherlands. And um, he plays like old Arabic music, like Hamid Diab, Nancy Ajam, songs like that. In fact, the songs that are played now, they're like from his set. So they're what, be, what would be played at the party on Friday. Make sure you come. Um, like Olga said, the organization we're supporting is the Palestinian Culture Club, and it's based in Lebanon, and they help refugee camps, like Palestinian refugee camps in Lebanon. So one is Al-Badawi Camp in Trablus, or Tripoli, and the other one is in Ain Al-Halwe, which is in Beirut. So basically, these camps in Lebanon, like the government doesn't even fund them or support them at all. They have really bad infrastructure, and like ambulances don't run through them at all. Um, so this like organization helps to provide like healthcare, of course, and like free transport of um, like patients since the ambulances don't reach there. Um, so yeah, they provide ambulance ser- services. Um, they also support students by provi- providing them books and like just assistance with uni courses. So this is obviously one we really uh, an organization we want to support because they aim to strengthen you know Palestinian identity and just values of liberation in struggling communities in Lebanon. 
Um, and a little promo for the disc, for the DJ. Um, he has future events. Like I said, he's very famous in the Netherlands. He has a party in Utrecht, May 19th. So if you're there, go. Um, also internationally, he's playing in Turkey, May 26th. And back in Lebanon on May 27th. So, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, so yeah, as I said, is the nation-based uh, entrance, and we would invite people to give like a minimum of like eight euros or something around it, as much as you want. And yeah, so it starts at 9 p.m. till the end of the night, and uh, yeah, we will b- be there also to sell uh, of sell merch like some of the latest stickers we got. And yeah, so that's basically it for LBB. Then the day after, so on Saturday, we're having a sit-in at the Markt. Um, it, it will be there to invite people to gather to show your support to the Palestinian and also invite people to take the place and sit with your signs and flags in Maastricht. And it's also the opportunity to meet uh, people of FPM and the community and ask questions, engage in conversation. And we'll be there also with music. There will be short speeches and we will, of course, uh, sell some stickers and poster for a little bit of the nation. Yeah, so... We have also an, another event after that on uh, May 11, which is a talk about the Palestinian struggle in a changing Middle East. Maybe, Anna, can you talk about it more? Yes, sure. Um, so we are collaborating with the International Socialists, um, a group that's also very active in Maastricht, and we're very excited to work with them because they've invited Cy Englert, um, who's a lecturer at Leiden University, um, and he's going to be talking about uh, basically the contemporary situation in Palestine. He's going to give some context, talk about the resistance um, and basically the struggle in general. Um, and the talk will be followed by a discussion so everyone can ask their questions. Um, and yeah, we'll just have an opportunity to engage in the conversation. And our next event is on the 14th of May. And um, it will be for commemorating the Nakba. And um, we're going to have a different people, a different Palestinians and members of uh, FPM um, say their experience and their parents' experience with the displacement and the ethnic cleansing that happened in 1948. Um, it's going to be a more of a cultural event as well. We're going to have a music show. We're going to have different ways of also um, storytelling the Nakba and um, some food and a fire. And it's going to be a quite cozy night. Um, um, we will um, further give you further information about the time and the place and the price and registration on our social media. So make sure mm. to follow up on that. Yeah. And finally, our last event to finish on a fun note is a Dabke workshop on the 21, uh, 21st of May. Uh, so we invited this um, Dabke dancer group. Uh, they're called Watton. Uh, they're from Brussels. And so they, 
they're coming here in Maastricht to give us a li little workshop about Dabke. So Dabke is a, a folkloric uh, dance, very famous in Palestine, Lebanon, uh, Syria. And um, so it will be at the Oxygen Academic Dance School in Brussels Strat, so it's very in the center. And uh, yeah, the price is five euros. So, uh, but we'll come up with more information on our social. So yeah, stay tuned. Thank you very much. Oh, that is a fantastic introduction to the to the Palestine uh, Solidarity Week slash month. Um, yeah, loaded with events, and as you mentioned, we will of course share the details on the social media and by the way thanks thanks a lot for organizing the music as well so um, i think we're going to go back to listen to some more dj arabesco <laughs>
Thanks for staying tuned in. This is Student Radio Maastricht on RTV 107.5 FM. And we are just raving to the tunes of DJ Arabesco. Thank you very much, uh, FPM. And the students uh, who are part of the organization are here for, and also for arranging this uh, this, this uh, amazing DJ. Uh, could you please once again uh, very briefly introduce yourselves? You already mentioned about um, a lot of events coming up for the Palestine Solidar- Solidarity Week. Um, so, yeah, please. Hello everyone, my name is Clara Diba. I'm from Lebanon and I'm a student of global studies in uh, Maastricht University and I've been gladly working with FBM for around two years. 
Uh, yeah, hi, I'm Numi. I'm also from Lebanon and Palestine. Um, I study at the law faculty first year, and I joined Free Palestine Maastricht like two months ago, and it's been the best. <laughs> uh, hello, everyone. I'm Olga. I'm from Belgium and Luxembourg. Um, I also study with Clara, Global Studies. Uh, and I'm actually a newbie in <laughs> FPM, with, along with Numi. We joined at the same time. I'm Anna, I study medicine, I'm from Germany, and I've been part of FPM for around two years as well. Uh, so guys, we need to talk. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we yeah. really do. <laughs> what, make you, what, ma what made you super mad this last, last few weeks? Okay, I think I know what you're referring to. Um, and you know how we always talk about how Palestine is really, well, misrepresented in Western media. Um, and what really came to mind was the speech by Ursula von der Leyen. Um, and if you don't know who she is, she's the president of the European Commission. Um, and she was basically congratulating Israel on their 75th birthday. Um, and she did that in a speech which uh, caused a lot of outrage among the Palestinian community. But also, I think if you look at it, like you can already tell that, that like something's off. Um, because she was talking about the vibrant democracy in Israel, um, but when you've actually taken a look at the cause and you've basically spent more than two minute le minutes learning about it, you know that it's not a democracy. You know that it's um, settler colonialism, it's an occupation, and they have literally systematically, uh, have been systematically oppressing Palestinians for 75 years. Um, and just last year, um, organizations such as Amnesty International um, even called it an apartheid regime. But we should always remind ourselves that it's so much more because it is an occupation sponsored by the West. Um, so, yeah, basically she was congratulating um, the yeah only democracy in the Middle East, as they like to call it, even though it's uh, yeah an apartheid state um, occupation sponsored by the EU and the US. Um, and she went on to talk about the dynamism, the ingenuity and groundbreaking innovation, um, which is uh, basically she's referring to the arms industry in Israel. Um, they've been selling weapons of mass destruction uh, all over the world. Um, and they test um, these weapons on Palestinians, so the population that they are occupying. Um, and again, all of this is funded by the EU. Um, the most outrageous part of her speech was when she um, basically talked about the myth of Israel having made the, the desert bloom, um, which is straight up Israeli propaganda. Um, and it's a very racist and colonial rhetoric uh, to pretend that uh, the indigenous Palestinian people um, basically didn't exist there before the settlers arrived. Yeah, I think uh, this is straight up like a lie, of course. Uh, even themselves, they know that they clearly know it wasn't a place where there was nothing. Because back in the day where there was still the British mandate on the region, uh, they actually ordered the survey of Palestine in 1880, where they went there to map all the region, all, all Palestine from north to south, from the river to the sea, to, to see where were, uh, to see where could be their settlements. And it was, so yeah, it was mandated by the British to facilitate uh, the cell and the colonization of the region by the Zionist groups in Europe who were putting immense pressure um, to, 
to get to uh, to actually colonize the the region, and most importantly, we can see on maps that they literally have all the cities there. All the cities are are there where people are living. So this myth is particularly ironic when they actually went there a decade ago and mapped the whole region. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Sorry, Uh, go. I just like think the most irritable thing ever is that they make it seem that Pasline wasn't blooming before where like Haifa was like a banking, like banking heart of the Middle East and like Tla Arabia or Tel Aviv now was like a commercial like like home for commerce and like Palestinian journalism like bloomed there so the fact that they made the desert bloom where it's clearly been blooming for the past years due to Palestinians just like annoys me yeah no it's really disgusting and then also to ignore the crimes um of the past 75 years because like Olga mentioned before in 1948 that's when the Nakba happened which was the mass expulsion of Palestinians um they like hundreds thousands were um displaced from their homes um and Israeli armed forces or back then the state of Israel didn't exist yet um but uh so Zionist armed forces uh were um yeah basically tearing down entire villages and towns. Um, But yeah, apparently that's the 75 years of friendship um, that Israel is celebrating with Europe. Um, And like Ursula von der Leyen, she went on to talk about the shared culture and values, which if you look at the culture, like the majority of the settlers um, that call themselves Israelis today, they are Europeans, they are Americans that have not lived there for generations, um, unlike the Palestinian population. So yeah. That's something that was um, particularly disgusting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I think that would be a great transition to debunk uh, one of the most irritating myths, <laughs> which would be that Israel is the beacon of sustainability and democracy in the Middle East, um, that apparently they have the most moral army in the world, and they're also a vegan army as well, and the <laughs> vegan capital of the Middle East, apparently. And it's pretty ironic um, to call a military vegan, whereas it's one of the most destructive forces in humanity. And let alone um, the gas emissions and the environmental destruction that is actually a result of um, all the ethnic cleansing, war, home demolitions, the attacks on Gaza, um, the wars with the neighboring countries. I mean, we can talk a lot about this destruction of the olive trees. Um, dumping of toxic waste, um, also poisoning of water resources as well to um, also to as a way to oppress Palestinians and erase them um, from their connection to the land and also their livelihood. So this whole discourse of how Israel is green and sustainable is just an extension of the same discourses that have existed in colonial history where Um, colonial conquests, so for example, Africa um, branded the indigenous population as savages who don't know how to take care of the land and the European saviors are coming to teach them how to, you know, be sustainable and and take care of their land. So it's really irritating. I mean, what do you think, uh, Numi? I think, like, it's so ironic. Back with the desert blooming thing, like, it just really irritates me because, like, they use, like, the Jordan River and, like, the Dead Sea to, like, further their economy, which is, like, the opposite of making the environment bloom. Like, it's also just, like, 
ruining like natural ecosystem like the dead sea is a natural like rare thing and they're just ruining it ruining it for themselves mm. yeah they i think the correct sentence would be israel made destroy literally the desert like just we can see where when they were colonizing the area they pr- they brought like all these plants or all these animals that weren't suited for the biodiversity there and basically destroyed the the whole environment needed for people to live here uh maybe some impo- important numbers to keep in mind is that an Israeli emits actually 6.1 tons of CO2 annually, uh, contrary to a Palestinian who emits 0.6 tons of CO2 annually. I think this is our this kind of numbers are says a lot about the about the Palestinians uh, question that is actually a climate question. Yeah, and imagine living in a country where you can't even go forage for the plants that grow wild in the forest that are actually very important for livelihoods of farmers and normal people who would really depend on the land to survive. So, for example, Israel criminalized Mm. the foraging of za'atar and sage, and a lot of Palestinians actually depend on that for to sell it, to eat from it. So... They completely privatized it and also stole the recipe from Zat- uh, from Palestine the a recipe of Zatar from Palestinian uh, farmers and foragers and then privatized it, uh, grew it on their land and have are selling it as well across the world. So the Zatar mixes that you find are 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 very characteristic to the settler colonial nature of of Israel and the population as well so l- little details like this you see that are very like small things in people's lives are completely taken away from them by the Zionist regime and it's um, and yeah that's a good transition to actually talk about the culture appropriation uh of Israel yeah i feel like this is such a like a very important topic and I feel like people skim past this because they're like who cares like where hummus comes from but it's way more than just like hummus and falafel like just talking to the environment like wiping down all of like destruction of olive trees like it's not just environmentally bad for you but it's also wiping away Palestinian culture as like olive oil olives like that's part of our culture and like our food and our heritage so it's an essential part and that's what they do with it like it's not just occupation it's also erasure of Palestinian like identity essentially um, and I think, like, uh, Clara talked about the za'atar, like, they banned za'atar, fa- fa- like, farming, you can't, like, grow it anymore. And then they tried to grow it themselves, but they couldn't do it because they don't know the recipe. So they asked Palestinians for the recipe, and then they just stole it. Like, I don't even know. So one one article once, uh, it was, what's the secret ingredient to Israeli cuisine? And then there was um, a response following this, like, the secret ingredients is crime <laughs> and I was like exactly yeah and like even here in Maastricht like Albert Hein like if you look at it they sell like za'atar mixes and like couscous which is literally not Palestinian that's North Africans but like they sell like Israeli couscous za'atar everything and it's crazy and like Levantini is like an Israeli restaurant that sells like hummus bowls and like for like 12 euro yeah <laughs> I don't know what a hummus bowl is but <laughs> That's what they sell. It's the weirdest thing ever. 
And I think it's really also important to recognize that it's beyond food. And like Numi said, that people ask us, you're being too extreme by calling for boycotts for certain re- Israeli restaurants or Israeli stores or Israeli products. Um, that's too extreme. That's too exclusionary. But you need to understand that food is this criminal, this commodification and this theft of food is an extension of the systematic violence that has been inflicted on Palestinians for the past century and um, your purchases need to be very also um, motivated by your moral conscience as well that's true and like you may think like it's only one purchase you're buying but if no one thinks of it then you're just like constantly buying food that just erases Palestinian culture and like back about the trees like Palestinians they live in poverty due to the occupation so like it's way more than just oh they cut down your tree we don't like they don't have money to replant it so it's Mm -hmm. like also financial burdens towards Mm -hmm. Palestinians living in Palestine yeah and people may say that is not that important but at the end of the day you're spending money on this like whenever you go to I don't know Mm -hmm. Levantini to to buy like I don't know a hummus bowl or like you buy dates or whatever Israeli product at Alberheim this contributes to like the expansion and the fi- like the financial strength of the occupation there so it's not it's not that bad it's not not that bad sorry is it's actually very important where your money goes All right. Hey, thank you so much. And uh, we'll be back after a short break. We'll we'll be listening to some more more tunes by DJ Arabesco. Say what? 
تعيبي انسيت ما تقوليش حبيبي خليتها بكيت انظارة شارة منك يا شارة قلبي ولا شاطت نارة شارة ويلي يا شارة وعيوني في الليل سهارة
Thanks for staying tuned in. This is Student Radio Maastricht on RTV 107.5 FM. My name is Sham, doing the tech tonight. And really delighted because in the studio tonight we have the students from the Free Palestine Maastricht organization and who have also very kindly arranged a fantastic DJ, really loving the tracks. Uh, so once again, uh, thank you so much to Anna, Clara, Numi and Olga. And yeah, we have we have a few minutes uh, towards uh, towards the conclusion of, of our show and uh, yeah you were you were talking about some very interesting events and also some some nice updates um, on the topic especially uh, being critical of the media and and politics in Europe uh, so yeah please uh, Clara so we don't know if you've heard about the recent victory in Liège um, but Olga could you tell us more about it yeah so uh, basically uh, there was a motion introduced uh, in the City Council of Liège by the Belgian Labour Party of the city to temporarily suspend their ties with Israel, and it was af- it was like very inspired by uh, the decision of Barcelona, and uh, so there was also supported by a god like gathering in front of the city council to to support the motion with uh, boycott Israel signs and Palestinian flags. So, yeah, that happened like a week and a half ago, I think. Um, So, yeah, that's a very strong and symbolic uh, victory for the boycott movement. So is it all economic ties, institutional ties, cultural ties? So what is the boycott exactly? Yeah. Yeah. So basically, uh, the motion specifically mentioned that they would temporarily suspend uh, Liège ties with Israel and especially with uh, uh, Israeli institutions uh, until Israel ends their their violation of the Palestinian rights according to international law. And so, yeah, there's a specific target on institutions. Um, and it was voted for by the, um, the Belgian Labour Party, then uh, the Socialist Party, which is the, the majority in the city council, and Green Parties. And it was obvious, obviously voted uh, against by the Engage, uh, against who? <laughs> and the uh, reformist movement, so re- re- uh, right-wing parties. Mm. But yeah, there's a bit of criticism or like limitation to the to the motion. Um, yeah, one activist from the the platform for Palestine in Charleroi, so another city in in, in Belgium, uh, she pointed that. The motion uh, is important, but nothing is really concrete and it lacks specific goals. Um, And also during the council, uh, it was also stated that there was currently no institutional uh, ties with Israel anyway. So, um, but what do we think of this? Well, I think it's a good step forward. And I think... Um, a win is a win. <laughs> a win is a win. <laughs> a win, is a win. Um, but this is really important as an example for other cities and countries and states that preach democracy and human rights and you know really put themselves at the at the 
pedestal that their developed nations to actually um, implement their ideologies into policy and into actual actions. Um, for sure, there are some limitations because this is not going to actually free Palestine in the end of the day, but it's going to put some pressure on Israel and make a statement as well that we reject the violations and ethnic cleansing of the Palestinian people. And it will also reduce um, reduce the, the settlements and the factories that are built on Palestinian land. Um, but I think this should be an example for Maastricht as well. What do you guys yeah. think? Yeah, definitely. Agreed. Like I think um, it's become very clear that uh, the occupation should no longer be supported. And um, yeah, like Clara said, if you preach democracy, then um, yeah, you should boycott Israel as well. Agreed. And even though like Liège doesn't have any ties with Israel anyways, now they can't, like legally mm-hmm. speaking. And Olga was saying how like this is a boycott and like you should boycott Israel at every level, even if it's minor. Mm. I think it's also great to take uh, this victory as a push in Maastricht towards change actually in the city uh, because Liège and Maastricht are obviously very linked cities. There's uh, uh, people who are uh, traveling from and back back and forth uh, between the cities and we actually can use this uh, this victory to to pressure for a change and even though it's Liège and that it's a small city in Belgium I think it's a very powerful statement and and it calls for boycotting at all levels and this is what we need every small t- step is a win every small victory whether it's on the the individual or inst- uh, like in institutional level we need to push for boycott everywhere and um but also we actually it needs uh, it means also something for maastricht because we have to be more critical about which institution or groups or su- student association or shops or food place we we are engaging with we are going to that actually normalize Israel we need to look for this in Maastricht and yeah this is what we need now yeah agreed always research before you join anything or eat anywhere because sometimes it's not like out there you have to really look for it yeah and I think we can end on a good note with whatever happened in Liège um, we wanted to tell you like if you're interested in Palestinian Solidarity Week please come to our events the first one is on Friday with um, LBB and the DJ there are also events all over the Netherlands as we're doing Palestin- Palestinian Solidarity Week in collaboration with other organizations that also support our cause um, also please come to our sit-in on May 6th it's really really important if you are interested in you know supporting us and you can just like have a feel of what we do and if you are interested we have like a sign up form if you want to join as a member it's on our Instagram and also also like other details for the events are also on our Instagram. All right, thank you very much. And uh, that is uh, yeah, we are coming to us towards the end of our um, our fantastic show today. Thank you very much uh, Free Palestine Maastricht and also really nice to get a a perspective from from the university students because you also have like such vastly different backgrounds studying different topics and also different backgrounds culturally and um, yeah. yeah, it was it was a really nice um, nice episode out sitting here listening as doing the tech um, in, in the studios of RTV 
um, thank you very much RTV by the way for letting us use your studios at at uh, at Bankastrat and um, yeah thank you very much for sharing your thoughts and opinions this is what public radio is for and uh, we will let you we let the audience with um, with some more music from DJ Arabesco and if you like it like uh, Numi said we'll see you at the LBB this Friday bye 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 thank you and free palestine <laughs> Da 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 di da 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 da